The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you for joining us today on Truth and Love Radio. Uh, Pastor Sharam Hadian here with you, and we are going to pick up our program. Uh, we are in part three, part three of a series that I've titled The Ongoing Islamization of America, specifically how Muslims and Muslim organizations like the Muslim Brotherhood are going hyper-political. Again, this is part three of Muslims going hyper-political. And I want to take our show today in a, I guess, a little bit of a drier direction in the sense of I'm going to be sharing some more specific detailed information for you uh, that I think is very, very important. I'm going to share a document with you that is titled The Explanatory Memorandum. Now, those of you who have ever heard me speak uh, and I've done some presentations on the Muslim Brotherhood know that I have... Uh, cited this document quite extensively, and it is, by the way, available on our website. If you go to our Till Project website, or if you're there listening to this podcast, uh, just simply go to our order tab, and when you click on that, you'll come down and you'll see some booklets that we have. We have a booklet called uh, Sharia Law for Non-Muslims, trying to explain what Sharia law is in, in a very practical term, and we have this reddish booklet called an explanatory memorandum, and I'll explain more in a minute. Uh, We're also going to be listening to some audio clips of of various members of the Muslim Brotherhood who are going to really show their true colors for what their intentions are here in the United States. Now, the premise of our show here is three important points. One, that we're witnessing Muslims, and particularly the Muslim Brotherhood, going hyper-political. This is a sign that I believe is, is, is demonstrating their preparation for going to the upper house of Islam, what is called Dar al-Islam, okay? Now, it also should show you that the notion that Sharia law is simply a personal religious entity is false, that indeed Sharia is not only religious but political, a totalitarian system, a constitution for Muslims, and it is something that is to be imposed in every nation of the planet in order to establish the Islamic caliphate. So that's number one. Number two, uh, we're going to review again that the majority of the Muslims that we see running for office are running as Democrats, and they're running on social justice issues. I covered this more in part one and part two of this series. And finally, number three, which is very troubling, is that it is becoming commonplace for these Muslims to take their oath of office when they get elected on the Quran. They place their hand not on a Bible, but on the Quran, which is against precedent, against what has been done in our nation since its inception, uh, which are people who are sworn to office uh, laying their hands on a Bible. 
So these are some of the things we'll review again. But again, specifically today, I want to go through this document, the explanatory memorandum. I'm going to, I'm going to explain what it is, how we came to know it, and really why it's so critical for us to get this into the hands of elected officials, of law enforcement, who should have, should have known about this document, but they do not because it has been scrubbed from all national security uh, training apparatus, uh, lexicons, curriculum, uh, PowerPoint, so forth and so on. So let me give you a little bit of background about this document and what it demonstrates about our topic today. Why is it that we are seeing the Muslim community, the Islamic movement in America, go hyper-political. Now, in uh, the document itself was actually uh, put together in 1991 by uh, a, a senior, senior member of the Muslim Brotherhood uh, whose name was Muhammad Akram. But the uh, it was discovered in the home of a another Muslim Brotherhood uh, operative whose uh, name was Ismail El-Barase. So in August of 2004, and by the way, this is in the book if you get it, in August of 2004, uh, there was a uh, very alert and astute Maryland uh, Transportation Authority police officer who observed the woman wearing a traditional Islamic garb, meaning a, a, a burqa, a hijab, uh, but she was videotaping the support structures of the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Uh, so he conducted a traffic stop. The driver of the vehicle was identified as Ismail El Barase and detained on an outstanding material witness warrant issued in Chicago, Illinois, in connection with fundraising for Hamas. Now, remember, folks, Hamas is a uh, identified terrorist organization that is on the State Department list of terrorist organizations. Therefore, any support of them is a, is a is a federal crime. Material support for terrorism is a felony and a federal crime. So the FBI's Washington field office subsequently executed a search warrant on El Barras' residence in Annandale, Virginia. In the basement of his home, they found a sub-basement. In the sub-basement, there was basically the archives of the Muslim Brotherhood uh, operation in North America. Okay, so basically to describe this to you, law enforcement in 2004 hit the jackpot. Now remember, this is after 9-11, right? So this is after 9-11, after we've been attacked, after uh, the likes of Bush and others actually welcomed senior members of the Muslim Brotherhood uh, as advisors, they brought them in after 9-11. So the very entity, Islam, that attacked us on 9-11 was then brought in to advise. It's crazy, isn't it? Talk about the hen and the, uh, the fox in the hen house. So uh, over 80 banker boxes worth of documents were discovered in the sub-basement of El Barase's home. And as I mentioned... This was the jackpot because what they discovered, what law enforcement, law enforcement discovered, which sadly they did not know about, but they should have before then, was that the myriad of Muslim American groups, pretty well most of, most of 
Muslim American groups in the United States operating were controlled by the Muslim Brotherhood, meaning that the Muslim Brotherhood is the mothership to the majority of not only Muslim groups operating, active Muslim groups operating in the United States on various levels, both socially, politically, culturally, uh, you know, politically, I already said that, uh, operating within the, the, the school systems, the government, and on, on college campuses like the Muslim Student Association. But, but, but here's the thing. More importantly, more importantly, all of these groups which are connected to the Muslim Brotherhood are ultimately connected to the global jihadist movement, like, like with the likes of supporting Hamas and other terrorist organizations, Islamic terrorist organizations. So again, the point of this document is to show that the, 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 the majority of the groups operating, including, by the way, 70-some-odd uh, percent of all the mosques, 70 some odd, let me say it one more time, 70 some odd percent of all of the mosques in America are owned by the Muslim Brotherhood. So they are the premier Islamic organization in the world if you look at their numbers and their funding. So now you go, okay, they're, great. What, what happened? Well, as a result of this document, which was then entered into evidence, so the title of the document is an explanatory memorandum on the general strategic goal for the group, that's the Muslim Brotherhood in North America. The memorandum itself was written in 1991 by a member of the board of directors for the Muslim Brotherhood in North America and senior Hamas leader named Mohammed Akram. It was then approved by the Brotherhood's Shura Council and Organizational Conference. And again, I apologize because I'm not trying to make this dry, but I'm trying to give you this backstory before we get into some of the, 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 the very important details within it. Now, you think again that this would, this, this should, you know, this is jackpot, right? The, the, the government hit the jackpot. Now they're going to go after all these groups. Well, to some extent they did. So the federal government then based on this evidence and other evidence does wiretapping. They discover that there is a, uh, a, a, a front, a fake charity. Uh, in Texas, uh, the charity is called the Holy Land Foundation, and they're funneling, they're, they're, they're raising money in the United States, and they're funneling that money to Hamas. Now, remember, Hamas is a terrorist organization, correct? So that's a crime. And the federal government indicts five members of the Muslim Brotherhood, senior members, and they're charged, I think it was 138 counts. And they're sent to prison, these five. Now, because of this document, one of the things they find in this document, which again, you, this is jackpot. It's, it's like, can you imagine if someone said to you, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to tell you your enemy's battle plan. I'm going to tell you everything your enemy's going to do, their strategic plan for your destruction. And, oh, by the way, there the enemy is going to tell us the list of who their operatives are. Because that's what is in this document, folks. What's in this document is the list of all the front groups of the Muslim Brotherhood. And, and, and we'll, we'll look at those here in a little bit. So as they prepare indictments, the federal government, in this trial... They begin to indict some of these front groups. In fact, you know, let's actually talk about them right now. You may have heard of some. Uh, 
we have the Muslim Student Association. They're the oldest Muslim Brotherhood group in America. Uh, They're on pretty well every major college campus in America. We have, let me go through some of these. Uh, ISNA, the Islamic Society of North America. Uh, the Muslim Communities Association. Uh, we have the Islamic Medical Association, the Islamic Teaching Center, North American Islamic Trust. Uh, that's the uh, title holder, deed holders for all of these mosques. The, the NATE, uh, the, the abbreviation or acronym NATE, North American Islamic Trust, means that they own over 70, by some accounts, 78%. I've heard anything from 73 to 78% of all the mosques in America. Remember, I already mentioned the Muslim Student Association. We have the Islamic Housing Co- uh, Cooperative, the Islamic Centers Division, Audiovisual Center, Islamic Book Services. Are you getting a picture? Uh, Muslim Businessmen Association, Muslim Youth of North America, the ISNA FIC Committee, ISNA Political Awareness Committee, is, is Islamic Education Department, Muslim Arab Youth Asso- Association, uh, Islamic Association for Palestine, IAP, which, by the way, IAP turns into CARE. Have you heard of CARE, the Council on American-Islamic Relations? That's who CARE is. So CARE claims that it is not on this list. Well, technically it doesn't say CARE on this list, but we have subsequent lists that tie the Muslim Brotherhood directly to CARE. But the IAP, the Islamic Association for Palestine, becomes CARE. Uh, remember, the IAP basically is, is Hamas. That's the Muslim Brotherhood started Hamas in 1987. So that's what that organization is. It basically is Hamas. A United Association for Studies and Research, Occupied Land Fund, Mercy International Association, ISNA, the, or ICNA, the Islamic Circle of North America. That's another major group. So, the, 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 again, the document, folks, gives us the list. So, I mean, how much better can we have? So the federal government prepares indictments for all these front groups. They're about to indict them as co-conspirators. That's the technical legal terminology. Co-conspirators to these other ones that they've already charged and convicted. Okay, so we're doing well, right? We're about to label the, the, the entire apparatus of the Muslim Brotherhood as an existential threat to the United States, as an enemy uh, entity, uh, as a terrorist group that it is, right? Ah, something significant happens. We have an election. And Barack Hussein Obama is elected as the president in the United States. And Barack Hussein Obama appoints Eric Holder as the head of the Justice Department. And so what happens in 2009 to the 2008 trial that was started under President Bush? It's shut down. The Justice Department steps in, shuts the trial down, orders the trial to be stopped. Now, you go, well, Sharon, what happened to all this evidence? Well, the evidence is then uh, suppressed and, and eventually disappears. In fact, my understanding is that there is still an active subpoena from Congress to the White House. Now, again, I don't know if anything has changed under President Trump on this issue. And, and we'll, you know, 
probably to talk about H.R. McMaster. I'm planning on doing some shows on H.R. McMaster, the national security advisor who Trump hired after Mike Flynn reti- uh, resigned, and who I believe, H.R. McMaster, who I believe is is not only an Obama holdover and an Obama crony, but I, I, I believe that he is treasonous to this nation. I, I believe he's part of the deep state that is actually working against President Trump. And um, so they they take the evidence, it's gone, and now the Muslim Student Association, MSA, ICNA, ISNA, NATE, CARE, IAP, all of these groups that were about to be indicted, they get labeled as unindicted co-conspirators. Now, the reason they're unindicted co-conspirators means that there was enough evidence to indict them, but there was no will because the order came down to shut down the investigation. So you understand what happened? The the Muslim Barack Hussein Obama, who, in my opinion, is an absolute traitor to this nation, is an absolute enemy spy to this nation, is, is an enemy, uh, uh, a foreign king that is part of the judgment of God on America, it was allowed to happen because this nation has forsaken its true God. So the fox is in the hen house. The fox gets Obama elected and they shut, the, shut it down. Now, it doesn't stop there because the document and all this information is still available. It's still in the hands of federal law enforcement. That's not good enough, right? So then Obama allows under direction of the Justice Department and at that time, FBI Director Robert Mueller, who is heading the so-called Russia Trump collusion investigation, which is a joke, he allows senior members. Now remember, the Muslim Brotherhood and all of these groups were under indictment, right? They were being investigated and they were on trial just a few months before. And now, after the trial is shut down and they have their guy in the White House, the Justice Department, the FBI, allow the same groups, ICNA, CARE, ISNA, to come into and view, have access to classified national security materials that deal with counterterrorism, particularly the Islamic threat. Because folks, one of the things that you may or may not know, and, and by the way, what I'm about to describe to you is called by, by, by Phil Haney, who was a whistleblower for Department of Homeland Security. Phil Haney, who worked for Homeland Security, uh, amazing patriot. Um, one of the things that um, I need to help you understand, folks, is that... Um, uh, Phil calls this, uh, you know, this 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 evidence uh, calls it the Great Purge, because the documentation uh, that 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 was there and the information and, and so maybe the better way I can explain it to you is just to give you a, a, an analogy or not an analogy but uh, some factual information. Okay, so before Obama took over, right? 9-11 commission report. Okay. Now, by the way, why am I sharing this particular information with you? Now, remember, 
the, we're talking about the Muslim Brotherhood going hyper-political. The only way they can get to a place where they can go hyper-political is for them to have cover. Okay, remember, they were on the verge of being dismantled. We were this close to having them dismantled and being labeled as a terrorist organization and all of these front groups being indicted. This would have been catastrophic until they got their guy in the White House. And their guy and those who he put in there, like Holder, like CIA director John Brennan, who uh, our, our mutual friend John Guandala, former FBI agent, uh, says has, has credible evidence uh, that Brennan was a convert to Islam. These folks were allowed to come in and they, those individuals, committed acts of treason in my opinion because they allowed the enemy, the very group that wants to destroy us, they allowed them to come in and purge. Now, I'm going to give you these statistics in a minute, but I want to go back to the memorandum. Before I tell you the statistics, because otherwise the, 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 the purging doesn't seem as, 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 as important or the access that they were given, uh, meaning these groups, doesn't seem as seditious. You go, well, Sharam, Pastor Hadian, why are you saying this is treason? That's a, that's a serious charge. Folks, I don't throw around that word lightly because let me explain to you. According to this document that was discovered, the explanatory memorandum that was discovered by the Muslim, by the FBI, which then led to this the investigation and the indictment of five members of the Muslim Brotherhood, here's what their mission statement is. Quote, the process of settlement is a civilization jihadist process with all the word means. The Ikhwan must understand that their work in America is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and destroying the Western civilization from within. Is that so far? Does that sound like they want to coexist with us? No, right? So the Ikhwan, the, ik, the, the, the word Ikhwan or Ikhwan means the brotherhood. So the brotherhood, the, the Muslim brotherhood, the community of Muslims, Understand their work in America is a kind of grand jihad. And what is that jihad going to do? In eliminating and destroying the Western civilization from within. What They want to eliminate and destroy our civilization? Yes. Does that not sound seditious to you? And then it goes on to say, quote, and sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers. Now, I, I have a presentation that I've done throughout the country that is called uh, Sabotaging America, the March Towards Supremacy, the Muslim Brotherhood's March Towards Supremacy, or Islam's March Towards Supremacy. And and we got a lot of flack from the media and from the interfaith groups. In fact, when Brandon House and I were in Sioux Falls, South Dakota last year, when we got threatened by that Muslim man, heavily armed Muslim man, and we got protested, that was the presentation I was doing. And, 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 and they were saying, oh, it's such an inflammatory presentation title. Well, folks, the reason I title it that is because that's the words of the Muslim Brotherhood. It's not my words. It's, it's the Brotherhood's words. They say they want to sabotage our miserable house by their hands. By the way, that means the hands of who? 
us, the people of that nation. And then when it says by the hands of the believers so that it is eliminated, that's the hands of the Muslims. So they're going to use us and themselves to destroy our house. And then it goes, so, so that, what's the end goal? It is eliminated. What's eliminated? Our house. Do you get it? Our house. They want to eliminate our house. And Allah's religion is made victorious over all other religions. Maybe some of, some of these interfaith fools who are doing the bidding of the Muslim Brotherhood that we've covered on our programs. And by the way, I cover extensively in our brand new DVD, The Trojan Horse of Interfaith Dialogue. Folks, you need to get this DVD. It is the most important work we've done so far. It is a must for you to share. And we are getting flack. I'm about to go to Minnesota back in April, and I'm already getting uh, flack from interfaith groups. I'm already getting protests planned against me from these 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 loosey goosey uh, 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 pseudo uh, so called liberal Christian churches that that are doing the bidding of the Muslim Brotherhood and the Islamic movement. They are and listen. I'm going, to, I'm going to use a strong term here, and I'll cover shows on this more more in the future. But I believe these are not churches; these are synagogues of Satan. These so-called interfaith churches. They should read this mission statement. When the Muslim Brotherhood says they're going to do what they're going to do until our house is eliminated and Allah's religion is made victorious over all other religions. What part of that sounds like they want to have interfaith dialogue and, 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 and uh, a tri-faith and uh, uh, bi-faith, uh, uh, you know, long-term uh, getting along? They go on to say, without this level of understanding, we are not up to this challenge and have not prepared ourselves for jihad yet. It is a Muslim's destiny to perform jihad and work wherever he is and wherever he lands until the final hour comes. And I'll explain that in the next show. And there is no escape from that destiny except for those who choose to slack. But would the slackers and the mujahideen be equal? The mujahideen, remember, is, is the term for those who are performing mujahada. Mujahada is where the word jihad comes from. The mujahideen are jihad fighters. That's basically uh, a way of, of understanding it. So on our next show, I'm going to go through other parts of this document. We got some clips to play for you from the Muslim Brotherhood operatives in their own words. And folks, understand that when I say this is seditious, it is because, folks, it is them trying to overthrow our government. Using our hands, the fools, the, 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 the useful idiots using that term that the communists use, the Muslims do the same thing, these Islamists are doing the same thing, and at the hands of the believers, meaning the Muslims are going to also participate. This is why it's seditious. And, they, and the fact that they're going hyper-political now, you'll see from the memorandum, is, is evidence that they're further along in their planning than anybody may give him credit for. It is very, very dangerous. We, as I said on the other shows, I'm very concerned for 2018 and 2020. We got to get, uh, uh, we have to pray. We have to get information. We have to vet candidates and we have to vote. If we don't, then we're going to lose our government if we haven't already. God help us. God bless you. Uh, stay tuned and join us on part four. You don't want to miss it. 
We'll see you on the program next time. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian saying thank you. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.